0: So up next on the Union and Nothing Yet podcast, we have a guy who has immense talent. He has played all over. He's played in football stadiums in front of thousands of people. He was the winner of Portrush's Got Talent in 2019, a very prestigious award. He has been played on multiple radio stations across this land. Has a plethora of music under his belt. Has supported some really big names, and I'm told this guy has a lot of very famous friends: Gary Lightbody, Jake Bug, Rag and Bone Man, even wait for it—the biggest artist in the world at the moment, Taylor Swift. He's here in front of me to tell us all about it. and Heffron, how are you?
1: I'm good, Zach. How are you? You've, you've definitely done your research anyway, I'll tell you that.
0: One to try, one to try. I, actually, I have a specialised team and um, that do that. We call them Bill and Ben. Um, but, Bill and Ben. <laughs> yeah.
1: this Bill, Bill, Bill Billy Ben.
0: Of mm. course, of course. And they're, they're, they're great guys, great guys, great guys. But look, we'll just get stuck straight in. For anybody that doesn't know you, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do with yourself? What's the crack?
1: Well, my name is Tiernan Heffron. I am a 24-year-old singer-songwriter from Town, uh, County Antrim. But, um, yeah, I've just been at this thing for ever since I can remember. I mean, I can't remember life not being able to sing. Apart part I could sing since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And then I started writing songs since I was about five, six years old. Just funnily, uh, different songs. Before I even probably knew what the word songwriting meant. Mm. And then from that, I mean, I started gigging when I was 14, 15. And... Since then, you I've done a couple of thousand gigs, good and bad. I've played in bars to one people. I've played in front of 10,000 people. I've opened up for some of the top artists in the UK. And I've also, you know, opened up for people a lot smaller, you know, and uh, things have just kind of, kind of came from that, really. I, I've had a lot of really lucky um, experiences and opportunities and um, kind of enjoying the journey that I'm on. Fair
0: so. play. Yeah. You said you started or you knew you could sing from you were about four. Can you remember what your first ever favorite song was, even if it was Barney the Dinosaur? Yeah,
1: well, it's quite funny actually, right? <laughs> so like my mum my uh, was a big Westlife fan. Mm-hmm. Still is, of course, as <laughs> every probably Irish mum is in the yeah. country. And uh, I remember I got a PlayStation 1 at the time. I think, I think, I'm pretty sure it played CDs. Right. So I used to go and steal our CDs and I used to like set up our dining room, had like the PlayStation in our kitchen table. So I used to get the PlayStation controller, like the lead, you know, you plug in. And bring it to the other side of the room and make a stage. <laughs> I used to sit down, we chairs and all for my mom and dad and my sister. And my sister sometimes <laughs> didn't even turn up to like; she didn't care. I got my mom <laughs> and dad sitting down, and I used to just start singing to them, uh-huh. coast to coast, like my love, uptown girl, like all the classic songs. Mm-hmm. And then um, right behind me here, I don't know if you can probably if you're gonna need the video of it, but I've got a picture of my granddad. He passed away when I was um, seven years old, and he was. It's OK. Don't worry about it. And uh, oh, that's what it is. And uh, he was like a musician. So he used to write songs and poems and play football and stuff. So, I mean, in a, in a strange way, I feel very close and very connected to him. Like I know mm-hmm. that he's my guardian angel and he's like, that's where I get my music from. So I remember my earliest memories of singing was singing. And when he had visitors and his friends, he called visitors. And we used to sit, he used to get me to stand on the mat. And I used to sing song after song after song. Um, and that was like my very first ever glimpse of like performing and singing and stuff. So, mm. yeah, sure I'd be proud, hopefully.
0: Without a doubt, you got the words out of my mouth. And obviously artists' music changes as time progresses. And we're going to get into what you've released and your earlier stuff and more of your later stuff now in 2023. Who has been your influences? Has there been any influences that have sort of, been there the whole time, a lot of people say you know, like you mentioned your mum for example putting on Westlife, some people would say it was their parents, some people would say it was a, as you mentioned as well, your 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 grandfather but is there any particular song or artists that you know influenced you then and maybe still do today
1: Yeah absolutely, I actually saw this thing, I'm not sure if it was on Facebook or TikTok or whatever but mm-hmm. it was like a meme but it was like a fact and it was like the music that you listened to at like, let's say like 11 to 13 is the music that engraves into your soul. Like, so when you hear, because you are so young, your brain's still developing. So you got such a rush of dopamine when you heard that artist of that song. Okay. So it's like everyone's childhood, like when they're an adult, like when they think of their childhood song or song, mm. teenager, they love it even more because it brings them right back. And for me, James Arthur p- played a very monumental, i will try to get that word out, part in my <laughs> whole, like, career and my mm. songwriting and, and my music because i mean i was only 13 it was 2012 so i was 13 when he won the x factor i watched his live edition and i just still got obsessed i loved his voice i loved what he was doing i loved the truth the honesty i wanted to be like that when i was on stage
0: mm-hmm. i used to
1: look into his older music before the x factor when he was 24 and right. i am 24 and i'm still watching the older stuff before the x factor and i'm like whoa like he was my age uh-huh. <laughs> you know I'm not just a wee kid anymore, I'm, I'm his age, so like, you know, if I potentially had any the of success that he had, I'd be who I am now, which is really, I don't know, it's rambling on, but it's kind of, it, it makes me very intrigued into, okay. like, what I can do, you know? Like, Foy Vance is a, is a big one. Mm. Uh, I, I grew up listening to, like, the classics like Marvin Gaye, Van Morrison, of course and, like, and my mum, like, Ronan Keaton. And, um, there's so many other artists off the top of my head that I could go on and on. There's an artist, uh, John Martin, from 1970s. I'm a massive fan of him. Right behind right. me, actually, he's what I bought one of his like platinum gold records. There's uh-huh. only like 24 of them ever made. So Woo. we went into this house, me and Christa, I was like, there, I'm going to treat myself. So I bought one of them. Um, and nice. I have it up on the wall behind me, very proud. So uh, uh, McFly was obviously a very big one at the time. Uh-huh. I remember I got something to do with my... I got my tonsils out when I was like six, seven and my mum took me to Tesco's after to buy me a CD yeah. because I was so good in hospital <laughs> and um, I just saw these four guys just like bouncing on this like you know one of them things in the street like you know their cover is like them bouncing on something like, I, I have an idea yeah, yeah and I was just like oh that looks so cool they look cool I want to get that didn't even know who they were yeah. mum bought it listened to the CD absolutely loved it and then Busted was out at the same time so I'm like seven years old listening to Busted and McFly watching Sam and Mark TMI every Saturday morning (laughs) just thinking I want to be like them I want to play guitar I want to sing I want to be that cool dude on my skateboard skating around the house putting on concerts and that was really 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 paid a massive part in me becoming who I am to this day and my music and my interests. so yeah, it was like it's it's uh kind of crazy thing about
0: it now, yeah. Mm. There's a there's a very broad church there, but I think that anybody who likes music usually has a very broad taste. Um, and they're and they're always willing to listen to different things. But I want to bring you straight back to overthinking, which was your first gift to the world seven mm-hmm. years ago, right? If I'm not mistaken, seven years. is that what it is? Wow. So. Looking back, if you can remember, because now you're like you're a seasoned artist, you've released a lot of tracks, you've played a lot of gigs, you know, and as you mentioned earlier, you've played in front of smaller audiences and, you know, audiences with thousands of people. I've been to one of your gigs, they're brilliant, they're electric, but Thank to you. bring you back to when you first released, and there's obviously, I assume anyway, an anxiety <laughs> and a little bit of an apprehension about putting out music for the first time, how will it be? viewed will people enjoy it will people laugh at me will it be really will it go big initially will it be shite whatever it is what what's the difference between putting stuff out for example seven years ago and now you know because you might have i'm sure you've loads of stuff coming up in 2024 which you'll tell me about later but what's the difference is there a difference is it the same anxiety that same little bit of nerves butterflies in the stomach
1: it's a very very good question um it's definitely made me think i really like that question um how do I try to say this in the best way? Seven years ago, when I released a song and and wrote, wrote it, it I'm not saying my songs now don't come from the heart, but I done it because I loved it and I enjoyed it mm. and I put it out. Boom! Never really thought much of the numbers. It is what it is. People liked it, you know. Blowing up back then wasn't as common. Like mm. yeah. there was no TikTok. There was, you know, Facebook was a very good thing at the time. My mm. Facebook following thought stuff was going up, but there was never that pressure of blowing up. And, mm you know, getting a million views or, you know, I mean, all this stuff. And I feel that like that nowadays can be very damaging a lot for a lot of artists yeah. bringing out music. Now it's all about trying to go viral or trying to get one song going blown up. Now, I'm not saying this in despite because I haven't exactly blown up on TikTok but, or I haven't, you know, you know, got like 10 million streams on one of my songs. I'm mm. sure it's a very good tool. It's a blessing and a curse. It definitely is. But um, you know, back then I, I like I was working with a friend of mine at the time, Tony, and uh, me and him, who's uh he was older than me, and we we set up our own like uh like record label, as you could say, and it's called TT Music. Tony and Tony, we went half in studios and stuff, and like we released it independently. So he was the first person, one of the first people to properly take an interest in me, and and we went mm-hmm. to the studio. And I at the age of sixteen, I couldn't really afford to do a whole EP myself, of you course. know living off pocket money basically from my gigs, so you know he helped me out with that and we released that um together and we we've done that for like maybe four or five years and then we kind of went our own way he went and done his thing with his mm-hmm. music and you know managing and like live events and DJing and I kind of went on mine by myself you know mm-hmm. on yeah. good terms but he definitely helped me out then but I, I feel now that when I'm releasing it's a whole different ball game now it's a lot more serious there's a lot more money going into the songs there's a lot more pressure you know, I finally cracked getting into local radio. So I know that if this song's good enough, you know, I have got, um, you know, people who appreciate me and my music that, that can possibly play that song. Mm-hmm. So the reach now is, even I'm not blowing up on Spotify and TikTok, you know, my last two songs, three songs got played over 500 times on local radio between Q Radio, and Cool FM and Radio Ulster. Uh-huh. And that, for me, means more than anything, like that mm-hmm. means more than getting a song with his streams and getting no radio play here because mm. people that work with my dad, people that work with my mum, people are friends with him people, my cousin's second cousin's dog's uncle's brother, you know, is listening Oh, I heard that on the radio you wouldn't really get that on TikTok, you know what I mean there's yeah. much like around here, you know so mm. I definitely, I'm very Um, it's a whole different thing now but I definitely can't let go of that like young naivety of like oh, I'm just releasing it because I love it I still want to keep that but it's a lot more serious now it has to be it can't just be good it has to be great Mm. you know
0: you mentioned there about local radio and you've been played in the north and in the south from what i can gather and Mm -hmm. i always ask artists who've been played on radio but you've already answered the question you know how does that make you feel and this sort of thing you said something there that made me think instant gratification now is the x amount of views or likes on for example tiktok When somebody hears you on the radio and says to your mum or your dad or one of your relatives or whoever, you know, I heard Tiernan, I love this new track. And that's automatic appreciation. And it makes people proud around you as well. Anybody who has talent, I sort of think to myself sometimes, do you do, do you create your art for yourself? Do you create it for people around you? Is it a bit of both?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it can come from anything. Like a song could come from watching a movie and being inspired by the story. It can come from mm-hmm. being in a relationship. It can come from something you hear, two uh, people talking about a conversation. Um And so it, it kind of it depends. It, it varies a lot. But most of the songs I'd write, would be from my personal experience. And I feel recently at the minute, I've just been so caught up in like, you know, there's been a lot of new changes in, in my life recently in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a very good, positive way. So I've kind of, like, I wouldn't say I'm in a rut, but, like, I've kind of lost touch with like, buying like songs a lot and writing stuff that I'm proud okay. of. So in the new year, like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life beating myself up about it and then never yeah. getting back to it, you know? But um, I'm kind of getting back into it slowly. And in the new year, I want to start um, writing a lot of new songs for myself, really, about my new experiences and relationships and changing families and and, um, you know, like, I want to start doing a lot more for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, then I want to ask you about a song called Broken Dreams, which is also the name of the album as well. G- just genuine question, or perhaps I'm reading too much into it. Was this a reflection at the time of, not your mental state, but the way you were feeling that, you know, like I always feel that we now live in this social media age where we're always comparing ourselves. We're always wondering and and i do it and you do it and everybody else does it you know that person has um you know has has more likes or more following or getting better gigs or is a better house or better car better looking partner or blah 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 blah. so what was the thinking behind the broken dreams album
1: the broken dreams album was accumulation of songs i had wrote as a teenager Mm -hmm. through different little um little like experiences like love like small loves you know not yeah. on a scale when you become an adult and you actually meet the proper one and you you know what love is but yeah what love what you think love is at that time so mm. i suppose you could say like little mini heartbreaks and feelings and stuff like yeah. that there yeah. for certain girls and stuff and then i kind of started realizing as i was going to finish the album this is a bit depressing in it <laughs> so um i was out in fort of ventura and i was um i was playing in this Irish bar called mccarthy's when mm. i was 19 over there and i'd done three months Three nights, uh, 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 three hours a night for like three months, singing in this bar that I I uh, became friendly with by a family holiday when I was sixteen. Up there, I saw and got my stuff and get in touch. So I remember I was over there and I was listening to the music during the day, and one of the songs I listened to was. Uh, Snow Patrol, just say yes just say yes and I just like you know like that, like singing along like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and I wanted to write a song like that and I remember I was just like walking to the beach one day and I just had this like I need to touch you I I just remember going back to the apartment and put up the guitar and the song kind of came out of me and then I was like, I'm going to call it Broken Dreams and then Tony at the time was like, I think you should call the album Broken Dreams, that would be really interesting that was the title track and then a year later, I went to uni in Manchester for a year. I studied songwriting at a place called BIM. Mm. And every time we did an open mic or something, I would sing that song. And then people knew me for that song. And even to this day, I still sing that song. I sang it in Nuster Hall, open for Tom Grennan, the Olympia. And it's just a good, feel-good song about, you know, it's catchy and it's like, it's just about like, um, I don't care if it's now or day, I don't care if I now as well, I'll be, I'll be there. Mm. It's about trying to be there for someone who may be, isn't going to be there for you as much as you want them. Of course. I wish course.
0: You, they could be. So, yeah. You also mentioned there about opening for Tom Grennan and, like, that's a massive achievement. Do you know what I mean? So, congratulations. <laughs> massive congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You've played, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, the Jersey Weekender as well. So, that's like a festival. ah uh, yeah. And you mentioned away at the start that you've played the smaller crowds as well. How do you... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're playing, like, for example, I've seen you in the OES centre. The OES centre holds X amount of people. The OES centre is not going to hold thousands and thousands. Might hold a few, maybe a few hundred. I don't know. But anyway, um, and you've played at thousands. You've also played to smaller groups. Do you have to like, set yourself up differently for? you know a big when you know it's going to be a bigger gig and you have those initial nerves and you know for example you know a festival anybody could see me here Tom Grannon is a massive artist in the UK and in the world right now do you know do you have to psych yourself up differently do you think about it differently Um, like for example footballers some of them put on their left football boot and then their right boot or some of them pray or some of them have weird rituals do you have rituals do you have any way to psych yourself up or down well I'm very in touch
1: with like my faith and stuff I've definitely like i would, I would pray i try to pray most days i can and uh-huh. um, and it brings me great comfort and peace but uh, apart from that like i'm i've done many of the gigs like since i was younger and i just feel like all them um, gigs is basically me preparing for when the big call comes and the tom and gig happens or I finally have a show in the OES and it's a headline show and people are coming to see me. Mm. So I wouldn't really say, of course, don't get me wrong, I'd be nervous, but it's more nervous about, like, hopefully the sound system's okay. Hopefully, yeah. you know, people get home safe. Hopefully everything done smoothly. It's not, it's not so much my performance. is like the performance is my bread and butter and that's what I've trained my body and my mind and my heart to do is yes. to do the performance. I could do it when I'm sleeping. But it's like, it's just like, when them big gigs come like I'm ready like I've been ready and I am ready and you know whenever I do hopefully get that bigger call um for something else bigger Mm. um I'll be ready I just I always think that I've never even heard anyone else say this but I think to myself I'm sure people have said this but Mm. I always say getting the opportunity is the hard bit and doing it is the easy bit you know yeah and it's probably the same with yourself and radio and what you're doing it's the same with anyone Like, I I know for a fact, and I dream about it that everything that happened with Taylor Swift that night in that pub, and I give her my contact details, and she says she's going to look in and see what I'm doing. And, like, ever since I went home that night, I've been dreaming every single day about, you never know, she might come to Ireland. I might get the call, I might open up for her. And everyone's like, oh, you're mad. Like, that's never going to happen. That's bizarre. But, like, I know in my heart that, like, if I got that call, I could do it, Mm. and I'd do a really good job. I don't want to just do it for myself. I want to do it for to inspire millions of people, girls, boys, kids, adults, grannies, grandmas that dreams can actually come true. And as much as yes, of course, it'd be nice for my career, it'd be nice for me. Mm. I want to do it to spread like inspiration and like joy and happiness. You know,
0: I love it. It's self assured and selfless as uh, you know. You know, in all the see, in all the thing. You know what I mean? And being self assured, I think is in this digital leads that we're in a lot of people struggle with you know so it's, it's very refreshing to hear that and then selfless yeah, as well in you. the sense that you'd like to you know pass on some inspiration to, to other people who are listening you did mention taylor swift you're best friends obviously obviously you text each other all the time you're you know what's and all such things how did how did that happen do you want to talk about that is it you know is that something that was blown out of proportion i mean it was in the papers it was all over the news you know
1: um, of course, you know, I'm very very happy and lucky that it happened. I I was playing uh, my regular Friday night gig in the Tipsy uh-huh. Bird in Belfast, which I used to play on every Friday night. And this one night I walked in, I was working at a special need school at the time, doing that for like four years before this year and stuff. Uh-huh. So it was just like a normal day. And I went in and there was these balloons and it said CWF. And I was like, what's this? It's a birthday party. And the manager said, no, they're... The cast of like normal people in conversation with friends coming in tonight. They're doing a, the rap party. Mm. Uh, so you might need to do a really good gig tonight and maybe play on extra. This is just after kind of lockdown. So like, yeah, hell yeah. Like I'll play on, I'll play it's on it's all it. night if it's a good gig. Yeah. So I was playing anyway and it was started off doing a gig and it just wasn't great. You know, like the sound was annoying, it was guitars out of tune, it was feedback and all. And this girl come up to me in the middle of me being warm and sweating and flustered. <laughs> hey, mate, just just like, you know, Taylor Swift has just walked in there. And I went, oh, my goodness. Like, are you serious? Like, uh, like what? Like, I've never heard that one before. And I was like, why is she saying that? That would be so cool if she was. Now, do you want to hear something that I've never had said? This is very cool. Like, this is very funny. Go on. I was doing a, a TikTok live video that gig at that moment that that happened. Right, right. I was just, I just thought I'd keep myself entertained. I'll do a wee live video. A few people join it, a few followers, happy days. And I remember I was like, right. And I looked up and there she was, Taylor Swift was walking, in the room walking. And I just went, oh my goodness. And I just, I literally turned my phone off, like turned it off. I was like, I don't need to be on like this TikTok live right now. I just need all the things to focus on. But looking back now, I really wish I had like exited it. And then like being able to like save it so I could listen back to the mm. moment where that girl was like, Taylor Swift, did she? you know, cause that was a bit of a life change and like mad moment I'll gonna forget. Of course. But I didn't. It's gone. It's yes. lost. Yeah. But I I uh I unchinned all my guitar every night, everyone's like, What are you doing? What are you doing? Like but I was like crap myself basically, like, I can't do this. I was like, give me a minute, please. And I put all the stuff down to zero, set up again, chinned up, took my time, and knees were like yeah <laughs> and like mad, like my heart was going to like I swear, if I had my Apple Watch on, it would probably be about 200 beats per minute. I was like, I just was like, you know what? Let's just, you know what I said about all them gigs you've done, all them Mm. times you've streamed, all that. I just, you know what? I remember thinking to myself, and I was very aware and lucky that, you know, when you put in like singer songwriter onto TikTok and it comes up like 5 billion views, I was just like, there is so many people on this earth he would love to be on this stage right now yeah and i just thought you know what i'm gonna just do it i'm gonna just treat her like she's a normal woman at the bar i'm gonna give her a good night i'm gonna try to get her to stay see what happens and i just did it i just closed my eyes just went for it for hours she came up dancing away she came up to me chatting she asked me for a selfie she was like asking me for a selfie <laughs> and i was just like i was like taylor can we get a few please Cause i might be a fussy hide i think them, we <laughs> might not get this chance and she was like oh my god and she was laughing and all and she gave me um four hundred pounds out of her own cash money, out of her own pocket, right. into my hand. Well I mean let, as a gift. Let's be honest, she's good for it. Do you
0: know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> she is. She is all right now. But listen, I was just like, McDonald's in my home. I was just like, No, like thank you so <laughs> much. Nuggets. We were, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh I and I was just like, um chatting away and said, you know, at the end of my set, I said, thank you so much and I said, how can I get in touch with you or send to my son? So I want you to know that I'm not just, I want to be a bar singer. I want to be where, you know, you. Are. I want to be like selling out places, doing my mm. own music. Cause I know I can, got it in me. And she said, like, I can't be giving out any information, but I've got your card. I've got your number. I've got your name. And go look in, see what you're doing, keep an eye on you and send you positive vibes. That mm. mm. at like the last I heard of her. Like we talked about Ed Sheeran, how she's friends with him. She talked about recording her albums. Like we had such a chat. Like I, She's such a warm person, and I just felt like I was just like, "Hey, why don't we just take a seat and get a few drinks? You no, know, like let's just sit and have a chat." You know, yeah, like yeah. that's genuinely, how she came across. Like the best way I can describe it is before she even said hello to me, before she said anything, when I was performing in that bar, I seen it was her. She seen I was there. Every single song I finished, she was clapping. She was going like this. Like she, she really, was really, really. Loving the vibe. She, she probably knew that right this is probably very nerve-wracking and intimidating yeah. for him. Yeah. I'm going to make him feel comfortable. And that's exactly what she's done. And I really hope that some other time in my career, in my life, that I get that chance, even if it's not to open it up for her, even if it's not to do something like that, just to say, look, thank you for everything you've done for me that night because the opportunities that that opened up was just better than I could ever dreamed of, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Happy days. Happy days. Well, I mean... I need, I'm actually coming 30 and next year. I need somebody to sing at a party. Would you get on a Taylor? You just could do a duet, you know what I mean? It'd be nice uh, to know. Um, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: we, worst comes to worst, so you can always get a VG out of it. you can show sure there's sing along to us.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll
1: let her know. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get her over for
0: it. Thanks, thanks, thanks. It's awful, awful good to hear Taylor. I want to ask you about um, a song you wrote called Hurting Without You. We talked yeah. about... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we, we met, you know, I've, I've picked out a few songs. Um, and obviously, you know, our, our time is limited. Okay. I'll try to be quick. You're okay. You're okay. I enjoy this tune. Is it about an actual loss? Is it about one of those moments that you talked about earlier? One of those small moments of love?
1: That song it's 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 interesting what you say about that song actually. So thank you for bringing that song up. That song's is very meaningful song to me. I had a very good friend and still do this day. Actually, probably have to give her a wee shout soon. Actually, but um, her name is um, her name's Gemma, and I worked with her in the SSC um arena. We were uh-huh. doing crew working together. Okay. Uh, crew working, not queue working, <laughs> crew working. Crew working. And she um we became very good friends and she was telling me about her daughter and her son and she was going through a hard time in, in her life at that time and difficulties, you know, and her marriage and everything and she was going through a divorce at the time and mm. she's saying about how tough things can be, but she had the crack on and she was very positive and I got really inspired by her um how strong she was of a person. Mm. This one time she didn't show up to work and she texted me and said my wee girl just taken ill, unfortunately. She'll be back soon, a couple of weeks. Turns out uh, her wee girl, she's only, I think she's only maybe nine. Maybe about eight or nine. I'm not too sure. Maybe nine. Maybe ten. Maybe okay. 10. She had took a like a brain tumour. She ended up passing away after months and months and months. They were out to Germany and, you know, they, like, her mom and dad, like, remortgaged the house to, like, help pay for the treatment and mm. they funded so much. But, unfortunately, she just didn't make it and she passed away. And uh, which is very sad and then I was out busking Monday and I did a cover of Let It Be by the Beatles and I put it on my Facebook and um, her mum Gemma, she texted me that night and says look I've, look I've just saw your um, video, can you sing at Cody's funeral uh, it's like tomorrow and I was just like well obviously no one wants to do that unfortunately it's happened but I thought again going back to all the stuff I've done in my life, the gigs, I obviously have something here that I can put together, hold the to mm. to to give that out, which is special to be asked. I said, Yeah, of course. Of so course. um I sang Let It Be at her funeral in the church in front of her and everybody there. And after that, you know, she's thanking me for it and it was lovely and we met up for a coffee a few months later we wore that and I said look I haven't been writing much in a minute if there's something you want me to write about let me know I think a part of me was like I wanted her to say I want you to write a song about Cody or my loss or something just so I was held accountable and I was going to add to write it you know mm. but um, she said if you want you know it would be lovely and uh, it took me a few days but I put together lyrics of with Without You and recorded it and brought it mm. out and it was it was for her and her family and it's a very personal song and I do believe as well that Cody's like, totally looking down at me and after me too. Like uh-huh. um, there was a, what was it? Like her, her mum was a like Bruce Springsteen fan. And I, that's how we became connected. And mm-hmm. I went to see Bruce Springsteen. I haven't been talking to, to Gemma in a while now because we had uh, just been busy and stuff. And of course. We don't talk every day, but I came in to, to, from I went home to see Bruce Springsteen to get ready. My mum had been clearing out my room. And she you know what mums are like when they're clearing out rooms and all, poking everything in room, <laughs> drawers and um and she emptied this drawer and uh oh oh, oh goodness knows what's in that drawer, how sweet rappers <laughs> and Chris and everything. And she turns around and uh what was on top of that was um Cody's memorial picture of her wow. smiling up mm. and that was the day and beside my Bruce Springsteen ticket, basically, and that was the day that I was going to go down to Bruce Springsteen. I just thought, like, there you go, there's a sign. Mm. And then, how crazy is this? Literally a couple of days later, I get this PayPal, and it's like, here's a hundred pound. I'm like, what? And <laughs> Wait, it, was someone... her right. it was from my mum. It was from my mum's. Like, just been thinking about you. Just wanted to reconnect, give you this as a thank you, and treat you and your girlfriend kushla to a nice meal out or something on me. And I mm-hmm. ran I was like, you'll never guess like two days ago this happened. And now you've sent me that. And just like, listen, that's Cody looking down at both of us to bring us back together. together. Our mm-hmm. friendship, you know? So.
0: That's lovely. That's really what is. hurting without you was about. It's lovely. It's lovely. And it's lovely that your talent can bring people joy and a little bit of solace in incredibly, incredibly hard times. Thank you.
1: Know? you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what music and other people do for me you know i enjoy mm-hmm. watching podcasts and listening to people's opinions and stuff and it's always escape for me so the fact that i can be an outlet for someone else is is why i want to be doing this it's not so much for myself don't get me wrong wouldn't it be nice but i want to just before someday my time comes and i'm no longer on the surf i want to try to spread and change as many people's lives in the best way possible as i can shall that be picking someone up from their wee day, coming home from work after a hard day, hearing my song on the radio, liking it, maybe texting their girlfriend, maybe texting their mum or dad or whatever, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I just want to try to create something good, you know? Fair, fair. We're not here for very long.
0: Well, I want to ask this other question, right? One of my favourites of yours is Still Not Over You. I think the first time we heard it was when I saw you live. First question, are you over that person yet? I'm well over that person. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: unfortunately, that song's going to exist forever in a good and bad way. So
0: (laughs) it will, it will. It's catchy. It's very different from, not very different from all of the other stuff. But I think it's, if you don't mind me saying this, it's the one that for me stands out as like I could really hear this in a chart. You know, I could really hear this. Been 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 really appreciated and really liked by people and used as an anthem.
1: Thank you. It's very kind of you.
0: Did you use it as a way of getting over this person? Was it recorded and was it penned well after you'd moved on? What was the sort of process for this one?
1: Yeah, well, like anything, like relationships and all, always, it, like, inspire songs, you know? And <laughs> I wrote it, like, like the one, two weeks where you're, like, in your own head and, like, this, that, and the other. And then I wrote it and, you know, I was inspired by that. But, you know, the thing was, like, I knew, like, you know, a song, what you're saying, a song doesn't mean it's actually like 100% true. Yeah, like, of course, of course. It doesn't mean I'm still in love. Yeah. Does, doesn't mean that maybe I was dreaming every night, yeah. but you put it all together and you create something yeah. sort romantic of with it, you know? And yeah. that's why it's so awkward now when like you move on and you're someone else, <laughs> or like people people ask you a year later, like, well, like, were you actually not over her? Are you still like, it's like, well, listen, like, of course I am, and I definitely am, but it's just what I created from the song,
0: you know? Fantastic. Yeah, so well we all use a little bit of um artistic license at times to create mm. something. You know, you know, never let a lie get in the way of a good story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of <laughs> course, and you know, probably it
1: probably helped make the song become the great song that it is, you know? True. So true. I'm, I'm glad and I'm lucky that happened.
0: Final question before I asked you anything silly. The I suppose most recent release, correct me if I'm wrong, is Forever. It's slow, mm. it's thoughtful. There's a bit of a sense of appreciation of something or someone in this song. You have a chorus of people singing with you. The production levels are quite high. Step me through how the song sort of came from start to finish.
1: Yeah, so I wrote forever about a year and a half ago. when uh-huh. I mean, it's kind of coming to the end of a relationship that I was in. And uh, strangely enough, you think it would have been at the start, but it was mm. actually at the end. So that's why I just want to say that just kind of tells that just because you're writing this love song doesn't mean that you're actually got that attachment to that person. Of course, you know what I mean, or, or that thing uh, mm. that at the time. But uh, I, I started writing it, and I just thought this is really um, this is very like Chris Martin, Cole play. Like it's got a really good vibe to this, and this is before even I knew who Key and the Crew was and all that choiry kind of sounds. And yeah. Stuff. And and I start writing it. I thought, you know, this is actually going to turn into a really good love song. I think a lot of people can relate to this. I think mm. that it is definitely going to be a really good wedding song. And I thought it'd be a good Christmas time release, and all, which is why I brought it out this year, like a year later when it was all finished.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I produced it with uh, the same two guys, Alex and Andreas from Sweden. Alex is from Westport, Ireland. Who recorded "Strangers" and "Still Over You." And this is like my third one of the bunch, last one of the batch. Of my music this year. So I released it. And yeah, it's just like a nice follow-up song from Strangers and Forever. And people are expecting another banger. Now, you could call us a banger, but it's not really too upbeat. But it's mm. it's a nice thing. It's cool. It's cool. It's a cool song. I'm very proud of it.
0: Fair play. Doing We're well, playing. too. Yeah. And long may it continue, you know? So. Thank you. The serious questions are sort of put to the side now. This is where... Let's have some fun. Yeah, well, this is where I think I really get to know people Um, in these four or five questions, oh, wow. right? So Can't the first question is, idea. if you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? I would be a pint of Guinness because Americans are intrigued by me and people pretend to like me, especially for an Instagram post. That's OG very me. good. <laughs> hmm. That's
1: a very good question. Um, now, that's the whole thing about the
0: Guinness the whole thing of, well go on well some people have said they're Ribena. some people have said milk some people have said tequila oh it doesn't it doesn't,
1: oh, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be alcohol does no, it? no it
0: doesn't have to be alcohol you could be a cup of tea but I just want to know the reason why your cup of tea or you could be a particular coffee you could be water you could be goat's milk you know you could be absolutely anything <clears throat> I reckon I would be sugar free bust. <laughs> oh my oh my god I whoa I, why 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 because it's just like
1: it just gives people a wee pick-me-up you know and it's just like a nice chilled refreshing drink and it's not too much and it's not too little it's just like i reach for it when i'm feeling a bit down on i want to be that person with my music and like my energy you know just like a wee pick-me-up for people but there's like there's there's lots of different um drinks i suppose i could be even if think about that but yeah like maybe like a wee can of boost or something yeah. I think boost a of sugar-free boost, boost. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd be happy that, or maybe put a bit of sugar in it, sweeten it <laughs> up a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I mean, I like a wee tin of boost, sugar free, not so much, but I like you you so your fine You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know why I said sugar free, but my dad, my dad would go to the shop and he'd he'd, he'd buy the sugar free one, mm, mm. and uh, then I just always get the sugar free one. So maybe that's fair
0: because plan. of my dad getting it. But yeah. hey, who knows? Who knows? Surely many, be many, three of <laughs> <minis of> drinks. <laughs> Um. Okay. So, if you had a superpower, what would it be, and what would you do with it?
1: I like to be able to heal people and cure people of their illnesses and stuff.
0: I mean, that's the first time I've ever heard that one. You know.
1: Yeah, be nice.
0: So, would nobody ever die? Well, that's the
1: thing. Like that's that's what comes with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that yeah. Turn <laughs> <laughs> me off a bit there. Kind of thought about <laughs> that when I said that and stuff. But, you know, like, you know, if you find out, like, your grandmother or whatever, like, is like, sick, or your aunt, or mm, you mm. go up to Belfast, and you're in the hospital, and, like, do you like, a lot of young people, and all, like, having, like, cancer, and, like, different, like, mm. illnesses they should not have, and they deserve yeah. at that age at all, and no one deserves it. You like to be able to heal them, and fix them, and make them better, and stuff, like, but, um of course, everyone's going to die. That's one thing that's going to come to us all, isn't it? It's a guaranteed thing, but it's just, like, short, like, illnesses that, that people really shouldn't have at, the, yeah. at their okay. age. Like, I, I wish I could make them better, you know?
0: Fair, fair. Lovely one. That's a lovely one. That's very selfish again. Okay, so hangover food, hangover go-to. You've had a heavy night. You've just done your Tom Grannon gig. You've just done your OES ended gig, whatever it is. And the next morning, maybe you don't eat all day, Ooh. maybe the Chinese at the end of the evening. Maybe you have a particular drink you drink. Somebody, <laughs> the last person that was on the podcast, Cormac Todd, told me, when he's hungover, he has oranges. You know the big oranges, like the ones that size your fist that he craves. Mm-hmm. So know, I crave orange lugazade. I crave loads of food. I try to eat my way out of a hangover. What do you do? Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> um, I this is all the day after, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's hard to beat a McDonald's, isn't it? It is. But it but is. here's the thing, but here's the thing, right? My belly is <laughs> absolutely shit. So, like, I could never, ever do, like, spinny rides when I was younger in the park. Like, oh, okay. when I drink, like, I'd be prone of it coming back up again, yeah, you know what I mean? If yeah. I have way too much because my belly doesn't work. So, like, see, like, <laughs> the, when I'm hungover, I'll not eat until, mm. like, five, six o'clock that day because it's just going to come back up. Fair,
0: fair, <laughs> fair, fair.
1: But fair. I, I, I do, it's so hard to say no to, like, a McDonald's mm. once mm. you're feeling. once you're starting to feel you're a bit, a yeah. bit better. Of course. Um, I love a good, a good pint of water in the morning after you've been drinking and stuff. Oh, a can nothing bad. Kind of coke or something like that. Basically, iron brew. Let me see iron, there's loads. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or soup. You know, vegetable soup when oh. you are. I mean, at the worst. Yeah. Chicken yeah. vegetable soup. Oh, delicious, delicious. Make you better. That. I like it. I like it. I like it.
0: Okay, so you can go on a date with anybody, living or dead. Doesn't have to be romantic, but it can be romantic. Who would it be with? What would you do?
1: Well, a date with anyone living or dead, doesn't have to be romantic. Um, I would love to go on, but I wouldn't call it a date. I call it having a pint. <laughs> okay. I love to go for a pint with, nah, look, I love to go on a date with, Sharon and tell him to send me to Gingerbread Man Records. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would love to, I would love to go, like, I would love to go have a day out with, like, Bruce Springsteen or mm. Jack Antonoff or something like that.
0: Of course, of course. Ask them
1: how they got to where they are and what's their advice. And yeah. I think they're very interesting, interesting conversations.
0: So the final question I have, this will be the final question I will ask in season three of You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet in terms of these select questions. I have a magic ball in front of me. So I'm not Mystic Meg, and Mystic Jack. I'll get a better name in 2024. You can play in any gig in any country in the world It could be to 10,000 people It could be to 10 million people It could be to 10 people Where would it be? Give me the whole vibe of that gig
1: I know exactly where it would be It would be in Dublin Mm. It would be end of June 2024 Okay And it would be one of Taylor Swift's concerts That she's going to be doing I would absolutely love to be there And to do a song Or to do a song with her Or something but yeah, I feel like if I had a dream gig right now in my sights, that would that's be what I would have my. That's what I would have my heart on. Yeah, that one.
0: Fair play. Fair but play.
1: listen, there is like headline shows. I want to do Limelight. I want to do Oster Hall. They all I want to play. You know, there's so many. But if yeah. I had one that comes the comes to mind right now, it'd be be that one.
0: Okay. Fair what play. Am. Fair play. I'm well, not asking fair. for much, like <laughs> am I?
1: Like the biggest pop star in the world to let young Irish fella come on you know do a song but <laughs> hey you never know
0: hey if you don't ask you don't get you see what happens you know so, what i mean so, see what so happens prayers. So your prayers is exactly right okay for anybody who wants to hear more from you who wants to see what's coming up in 2024 where to follow you where to hear your music give me all the socials give me you know sell yourself in 20 seconds
1: yeah so my Bebo, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, no so it's just literally it's as simple as possible it's just my name friend on. You put it in the google youtube facebook instagram probably the best thing the most active on is like instagram getting it like music's on spotify i've got tiktoks and stuff too so mm-hmm. yeah
0: fantastic stuff fantastic stuff well tieran look best of luck in and can't wait to see what is around the corner
1: thank you so much man. bye